Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of the Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go. America's small business conversation is on the air. It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. We're live and we're beautiful, baby. How you doing? Pat Miller, the Idea Coach. Welcome into America's Small Business Conversation. Today's show is epic. That's my best, you know, Hollywood voiceover guy. Epic. Today's show, we're talking about niching down your business so you can make more money by doing fewer things for fewer people and exploding your rates. We're also going to talk about social media, which is so hard to understand. And our guest today is going to share her brilliance and explain social media in a way you've never heard before. I guarantee it. And we're also going to do our small business celebration where today's guest is not only building a multi-million dollar company, he's leading a very purposeful charity that is impacting lives. He's going to tell us how you can do it too. That's all coming up on the show. To start the show, though, I am in the bunker of the Pat Miller Show headquarters, and you can't see it, but I want you to picture it. Remember in war games where, like, the red siren lights were going off and the military personnel guys were sealing the doors and, like, everyone was scrambling the bombers? That's what's going on right now in the small business space. There is a big-time alert happening. Do you know what it's about? It's about artificial intelligence, AI, and how you use it in your small business. With its ability to automate tasks, analyze data, and learn from experience, AI can take some of the burden off your shoulders and make your life easier. When you're just getting started with AI or you're looking to expand your use of it, there are a variety of tools and resources to help you make the most of this powerful technology. You know how I know? AI just wrote that. That last paragraph I just read, AI wrote that in three seconds. I told AI, hey, uh, write a paragraph about what you do for small business owners. And it wrote that in three seconds. The AI tools that are coming will change your business. And before we talk about some of the tools that I'm using and how it's going to change your business, we're just going to start with this. The red lights are flashing. The army guys have sealed the door. You and I are just having a conversation. This is not optional. You are going to start using AI in your small business. It's going to happen. And you can either sit there and say, "Mm, I don't like it. AI is stupid, right? Or you can say, okay, show me what you can do and how can I use this to make more money and free up my time and be more efficient 
and serve my clients or create better products. If we take that mentality, which is what I would encourage, you're going to be blown away about what AI can do for you. I like to think about it as outsourced thinking. AI right now, in my opinion, isn't quite ready to click a button and have it be customer facing. However, a lot of the AI will do the majority of your thinking and preparation for you. So then you can come in and finish the product. So it's kind of like AI is your sous chef, right? Big fancy restaurants have people that just wash the vegetables and chop them up and turn on the pans. And then there are people that wash the dishes afterwards. But the chef, that's you, the chef just walks in once everything's ready to go and puts on the finishing touches. AI is totally right there right now. It can outsource the majority of your thinking, and then you can finalize it. So what could you do with that if you had help thinking about what you do? Well, Twitter campaigns, email newsletters, graphic design for sure, customer responses. Yes, I have an example of that in a moment, how you can use AI to respond to a customer. Blog posts, note-taking, podcast editing, video editing. If you can think about it, AI is starting to do it right now. And it'll do it faster than you're doing it. It might not be at your level, so you still got to be the chef, but it will help you get there. So let me tell you what I'm using with AI right now, like my AI stack. And I'm an infant, right? I'm not claiming to be an expert, but I want this to be more accessible for you because you're leaving time on the table if you're not using it. So first things first, the game changer that's happening right now is a program called ChatGPT. ChatGPT is a browser-based chat tool through the OpenAI project. And the reason why it's getting so much attention is that, first of all, it's really fun to use, and it's pretty darn incredible. You ask it simple questions, or you give it simple commands, and it will give you something that's pretty close to usable. Like I say, you ask it a thing, it gives you an answer, and with a few tweaks, you can use it right away. So I thought I'd give you an example. This is a real use example that I use ChatGPT for the sake of this conversation. So I put into the website and I wrote it just like this. Like this isn't some big programming language you need to learn. I put in the box, write an email response for this situation. A client didn't read their contract and now wants a refund. They are clearly in the wrong. I perform the service and don't want to refund them, but to maintain the relationship, I'll offer a one-month service extension at no charge. What should I say? I wrote that exact paragraph, put it into chat GPT, and I picked up my coffee cup. And by the time I set my coffee cup down, it had written the following paragraph. And this is with no editing. I swear to you, this is exactly what it kicked out. Dear client, thank you for your email. I understand that you are requesting a refund for our recent services. However, upon reviewing our contract, it appears that you agreed to the terms and conditions outlined in the document. As such, I'm unable to process a refund at this time. I do value our relationship and want to find a resolution that is satisfactory for both parties. 
As a gesture of goodwill, I'm willing to extend our services for an additional month at no charge. I hope this resolves any issues and demonstrates my commitment to ensuring your satisfaction. Please let me know if you have any further questions or concerns. Sincerely, me. It wrote that in three seconds. Off of that impossible-to-understand prompt. Yeah. Now, I'd tweak that a little bit before I send it, but boy, that would really hurry up my ability to answer people. It's not perfect, but writer's block is literally gone. In addition to ChatGPT, I use a program called WordTune Editor, which is an AI-based Chrome plugin. I can draft like an email or I can draft a response, highlight it, click the WordTune Editor, and it will fix my grammar because my grammar is horrible. And it will suggest uh, more easy-to-read phrases. It will shorten things. It'll lengthen things. It'll make things more or less formal with the click of a button. And I'm talking instantly. I'm using otter.ai. Otter.ai will record all of your Zoom meetings, then transcribe all of your Zoom meetings. But that's not where the magic is. The magic is it will go in and pull out insights. Hey, these were really provocative points made in the meeting. And you can search it. So let's say we had a conversation about the fourth quarter sales. And you wanted to go in and see how many leads we had. You can put into the search box, leads, It'll scan the conversation, go to the part where we talked about leads. You click on the text, leads, and it will play that part of the conversation. I'm telling you, it's magic. I'm using Hype Fury and Black Magic for Twitter. All of these tools are everywhere. We are just scratching the surface on where we are headed with artificial intelligence. And like I say, you can sit on the sideline and say, mm, I don't like it. Or you can say, huh. There's an opportunity here, and I'm always looking out for opportunity for you. Let's get the show started. Coming up, Jennifer Rundell, we're talking about niching down your business to make more money. You like more money, right? Yeah, me too. It's coming up next in the Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on the Pat Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey. So make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick, Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- 310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. You tune in, you get better. That's how the Pat Miller Show works. I'm always on the lookout for things that I see people are doing that maybe we can borrow or 
you know, straight up steal so we can build a better business and get you further down the road. That's why every week we do this segment called What's Working Right Now. I find an entrepreneur that's willing to come on the air and tell us maybe of a change or an upgrade they made in the business that's starting to pay dividends. Joining us today from Rundell Redesign is Jennifer Rundell. Jennifer, thank you so much for coming on. And before we talk about what's working right now, tell us about Rundell Redesign. What do you do? Thank you, Pat. First of all, thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to be a part of this. Uh, so in my business, what I do is I help people reimagine their best lives by redesigning where they work, live, and play. So what does that mean? People will say, okay, tell me more about what that is. So I come in and my goal is to give a business an opportunity to offer their client an ideal experience. And how I do that is by creating the feel they want in their location so that we can create that experience from the minute they walk up to the door till the moment they leave the door. Creating the experience, that makes sense. And you've made a change in the business. That's why we're talking what's working right now. So Jennifer Rundell of Rundell Redesign, what's working right now? What's working for me is that I had started my business by doing staging. So I was helping people that were going to sell their homes. I would come in and I would help them stage their home. So we would declutter, make it look nice, create an experience for the potential buyers so they could envision themselves living in the space. Absolutely love that part of my business. And it became obvious to me that it was time to transition into a different part of my business that happened kind of organically. And that's the redesign part of my business where I've flowed into working with small business owners to help them redesign their space so that we can elevate their client experience. And what happened is it became obvious to me that doing both of those at the same time was not as effective as it would be if I could niche down and focus on just one. So I made the bold decision to close out the staging part of my business had a big um, sale, sold off all my inventory, and now I've opened up time and space to focus on the redesign projects so that I can have more attention in one area rather than in several different smaller projects. Okay, you made the change, and I want to ask you a lot of questions about the change because okay. all of us at some point in our business, especially during 2020, we had to pivot and yeah. we had to move into different areas. But the first thing you said when you introduced your business in the staging portion was, I really loved it. So what did you observe or what did you feel that made you say, even though I love this portion of my business, I need to step away from it? That's a great question. And people will ask, well, if you loved it, why are you no longer doing it? That's a pretty, uh, pretty contradictory term. In order to have an effective staging business, I was managing um, a huge warehouse. And when I started doing staging, I always said, I'm not going to be that person that Joanna Gaines that has that huge warehouse. And then you have to manage all the things and manage the people and move the things. And my business kept growing organically to the point that I was all of a sudden managing a huge warehouse and each staging opportunity became a huge event that I was basically becoming an event manager. And while all that was going on, I had more and more business owners approaching me saying, hey, can you help me with this space? Hey, could you help me redesign this experience for my client? And it became obvious to me that it was better use of my time and energy 
to close down the staging part of it so that I could focus on the redesign part. You had business coming in, so you had a pivot to turn to. That's good. But before we leave the redesign portion, I want to ask you how it felt. When you said, I'm done here, and you were done here, and you weren't doing any more staging gigs, how did that make you feel? The crazy thing, because I loved it as much as I did, it was a huge relief. And people often say, you have to niche down, you have to niche down. And and anybody that's spent any time with me knows that I am the sparkly squirrel person, that I love all the things, and I want to do all the things. And so that never <laughs> sat very well with me. However, this is one incidence where when I was able to close that door, I was so relieved and so excited to be able to put all my time and energy into that next step. When people ask me, how do I grow my small business? This is what I talk about. Find what you love to do, where the business is, and do just one thing. The fewer things you do for the smallest possible target audience, and you can grow a business. So when you let that go and you stop doing the staging, you leaned into the redesign, what happened? Did you find that your business took off? It did. And what's so exciting is it opened the door to a new opportunity to work on a long range project um, for an organization that serves many purposes for me. I'm not only doing what I love, but I'm doing it in a way that's going to impact many people in the future. And um, so it, it, it's a win, win, win for me all the way along. And now how do you feel that you have a focus and you have a purpose and you're making an impact, but you do one thing for a living, not two things for a living? Oh my gosh. I never realized how wonderful white space feels. It's, <laughs> it's just a fabulous thing to wake up in the morning and look at my calendar instead of feeling like I'm scattered all over the place. I'm like, oh, that's right. I get to continue to focus on this thing I love and do it really well and do it with abandon rather than feeling like I'm being pulled in a million directions. I, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, oh, I wish I'd done it sooner, but I know the timing was divine and it needed to happen in this order, but it's very exciting. It feels very refreshing. Someone's heard now that you've said, even though you set down something you love, you feel relieved. So if someone's listening right now and they're thinking, I got to make a change in the business, but I don't know what it is. And it may be walking away from a portion of the business. One thing that I would be worried about is I've told everyone that I do staging. I've, <laughs> I've run for office as a staging person, and now I'm not a staging person. How did you deal with that in your personal network and moving forward just to the redesign portion of your business? I had to do a lot of re-explaining about what redesign is. And uh, it was a wonderful opportunity actually to educate people. And I can't tell you how many people said to me, well, if you're not doing staging, what are you doing now? So exactly what you're talking about, Pat, I took it as an opportunity and I said, well, here, let me tell you a little bit about what re redesign really looks like and what this part of my business is now that I get to focus on. And once I explained that, there was an, ah, oh, how cool is that? But I had to start with the, well, what do you mean you're not doing staging anymore? Such a great example of what we talk about all the time. Get narrow on your audience, get narrow on your services, and you too can experience the beauty of white space. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's so great. Congratulations, Jennifer Rundell. Thank you for coming on and sharing what's working right now on The Pat Miller Show. 
Thank you for the opportunity, Pat. You've listened to enough of this show to know whenever we talk about niching down your business and it results in a more focused audience and product, I know that Jennifer Rundell is now on the path to making more money and a bigger impact. Good for her. You want more money? Well, you got to go out and tell yourself about your business and what you're doing. Oftentimes, that means social media. But that can be confusing and overwhelming. Ha-ha! Abby Harrison, social media expert from Assist for the Win, is going to explain social media in a way you've never heard before next. America's Small Business Conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invests in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now. Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Now, America's small business conversation continues on the Pat Miller Show. Probably the number one thing I get asked about is how do I get better at promoting my small business on social media? Like, it comes up all the time. And the idea of social media marketing can be pretty overwhelming for some people. So that's why when I need help with social media, I turn to today's guest. Abby Harrison from Assist for the Win is joining us. Abby, thank you for coming on. And you're going to make this easier, right? You're going to help us with social media today? I am, yes. I'm excited to uh, share my little nuggets of wisdom today. All right. So how are we going to do this on the radio? Because social media is Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and LinkedIn, and it can be pretty hard to understand all that. So you're going to simplify it into something we can follow? Yes. It's obviously a very visual type of thing. So I was trying to figure out what's the best way to get this message across to people that are listening to this um, and not, you know, in front of a computer with like a training, right? So everybody has in their life, I'm sure, unless you're vegan, have had some form of a hamburger, right? So we're going to break down the type of content you should be putting into your social media. Because when people come to me, like the number one thing people say is, I know I need to be on there, but I don't know what to post. I don't, you know, I don't know what to talk about. And you do. You're just not looking at it like through the right um, lens, I guess. So we're going to build a content hamburger. Okay. A content hamburger that's going to tell us what we should be posting online. All right. You have my attention. Uh, Go. Tell us something good. Come on. How does this work? All right. So any burger generally starts out with a bun, right? So your top and bottom bun are actually going to be the same thing because it's going to be the foundation of everything we do, which is education. 
So that is your first content bucket. There, there are essentially five content buckets that we're gonna fill up you know, with this hamburger analogy. So the first one is education. So that bottom bun is gonna be your foundation of education, educating people. So that means tips, tricks, frequently asked questions that are in your industry um, that you're giving out that are of value and can basically be given out to the masses for everybody to understand. All right. I really like this. So we've got a visual where we're building a hamburger and you added where to find the information for that layer. So the bottom bun, education, we're talking tips and tricks and FAQs. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. What's the next layer? All right. So the next layer is the hamburger patty. And this is going to be the showcase bucket. So what I mean by showcase is showcasing a member of your team. If you have a team of people that work with you, um, if you don't have any actual employees, maybe you have some contractors that work with you. So highlight them, let people know about who's behind the scenes, helping you, you know, do this thing. Uh, clients, client testimonials are great. Like feature a client, feature a project that you've just finished for them. Um, uh, feature maybe an event they have coming up. I like to reach out to my clients and say, do you have anything in particular you'd like me to promote for you? Because I want it to be a value to them. Um, and then client testimonials are really great too, because you're showcasing yourself, but through other people's words. Now, see, that's interesting because the bottom bun is look at what I know and what I can teach you. Mm -hmm. But the patty right above it, the second layer is celebrating the people that make your business great, celebrating your clients and really talking about what you do without you having to say what you do. Is that right? So it's sales, but not slimy car man, like sales, right? Like it's, you're still <laughs> telling what you man. do. And I, have, I apologize <laughs> if I offended any car salesman. I have always had great ones, so I apologize. But that's, I think what a lot of people, when they think of slimy sales, that's like one of the first things they think of. Okay, so just go okay. with me. <laughs> All, All right, right, so what's so the third layer? What's the third layer? Cheese. Who doesn't? I don't like just a plain hamburger. That's boring. You got to have cheese. And especially like, I mean, you're in Wisconsin. So cheese is like your, I mean, it should be like your state flag. <laughs> cheese on your flag. <laughs> Pretty much. Cheese. So cheese is the community. So social media is all about being social. So that means being involved, um, you know, within your community. So that means sh um, talking about some networking events that you might be going to, different places where people could meet up with you, inviting people to be your guests on play to different networking events that you're going to, because what better way to start a conversation with someone that you may not have actually ever officially met in person just online than inviting them to an event, if it's local, and, you know, both of you are local, and inviting them to be your guests where it's not like that, awkward, like one-on-one -on -one coffee chat. We were like, okay, so I do this, I do that. But it's, it's a easier situation to kind of start those conversations in. I can understand how tips and tricks and FAQs make sense. I can also understand how your people are a differentiator or showcasing your clients is good business. I get that. But the events piece, it sounds like it's an important role because it is cheese after all. Why is that so important to show other events that you're going to and the fact that you're being a good partner in your client's world? Is that what we're going after? To me, it's all about building relationships. I think it makes you relatable as a human being and kind of invites them in a little bit to your, not your personal world, but kind of like a peek behind the curtain. Let's say I'm a big fan of working with just women entrepreneurs. Well, then I might be interested in learning about some other, you know, 
networking events that I may not have heard of that are that focus all around women. Maybe I'm, you know, into very structured, want to meet every single day of the week, or not every single day of the week, every single week at a certain time. Well, then maybe like a BNI group is great, right? But like understanding where these people are going and the people that you want to have be your clients are probably going to be at these events because they're going to have something in common with you. So I think it's a great place to subtly look for new relationships. So it's, again, just putting yourself out there, letting people kind of get to know a little bit more about you, and then letting the world on your social platforms know where they can find you if they may want to connect with you. So you're showing people what you do. Then you're showing people who works with you. Then you're showing people where you hang out and the types of groups that you're a part of. What is the next layer in our social media hamburger with Abby Harrison for Assist from the Win? my personal favorite, ketchup, because I have the taste palette of a five-year-old. Ketchup goes on everything. (laughs) And ketchup is timely. So what I mean by timely is trends that are happening in your industry um, or holidays or like national days that may relate to what you do. So for example, I'm in the social media business. So this whole thing with Twitter lately um, and Elon Musk and him taking it over and the blue check mark and all the things that are going on at Twitter, that is very much related to the industry I'm in and it's timely for because it's happening right now. So that's something that I may want to share an article on um, or you know share my you know write, write a blog on and, and share that with what my opinions are on that. So that's kind of what I mean by timely um, events. And they're also really good kind of like filler, um, posts, if you don't, if you're kind of running out of things to put, there's a national day for everything in the world. So <laughs> every day. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> you can find one, I promise. So on the bottom layer, we've got education, our tips and tricks and FAQ. Then we're showing off who we work with and who works with us. And then we're showing people where we hang out in the community that we're a part of. So what is that fourth layer of the hamburger, Abby Harrison? from assist for the win lay it on us the the last one besides the other piece of the bun is onions and i put those on very sparingly because i'm not a big onions fan and you don't want to offend people so onions equals sales and only 20 percent of that content that you're putting out on social media should be true sales type content and i mean um asking people to attend your event um you know, posting an opt-in that you have, asking for a one-on-one appointment. Very, only 20% of that content should be true sales because you don't want to be slimy and and sleazy. And then the top bun, of course, we're putting it all back together with more education because again, education is the foundation of everything that you want to do. Now you got a burger and I hope you're hungry. I am hungry now. So if you're walking into (laughs) this episode today thinking, I don't know what to do on social media. I want to go sell my stuff. I want to tell everyone what I do all the time. And you wonder why you get no engagement. Turns out we need a hamburger to help us build our social media platform and our engagement. Abby Harrison from Assist for the Win. Thank you for breaking it down in terms that I can understand. And I appreciate you coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thank you. I had a great time. That's enough of the digital world. Let's get into the real world and making a difference with our activities. We run a small business to take care of our family and fulfill our dreams, but we can also take on nonprofits and try and help others 
even though we're building our business. Our small business celebration coming up in a moment is with David Bellman, a multi-million dollar home builder that took on a charity that spoke to his heart. He'll share with us how he manages it all and how you can too, coming up next on The Pat Miller Show. America's small business conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Now, America's small business conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show. When you run a small business, there is a lot to do. Seemingly, there's always something wrong. We don't stop often enough and think about, well, what's right? What are the good things that we're doing? That's the role of the small business celebration. Someday it will be you on this show celebrating a big win. Until then, we will be inspired by having guests on who have done great things. And that's what we're doing today. This is a good one. Let's welcome to the Pat Miller Show, David Bellman from Bellman Homes. David, thanks for coming on. And before we get into the celebrating, tell us about Bellman Homes. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Pat. Uh, Bellman Homes is a single family builder and land developer here in southeastern Wisconsin, and we custom make our homes from scratch, stick by stick. And uh, we've been in business for about 20 years, and uh, it's all about a great customer experience and a high quality home. Okay, cool. Well, let's do the small business celebration. Are we talking about selling a bunch of homes? I mean, what's the good thing we're going to talk about today? Well, we're excited to be celebrating that uh, we have just broken ground on our seventh Operation Finally Home project here in Wisconsin. And for those of you that don't know what Operation Finally Home is, we find a injured uh, combat veteran and we surprise them and build them a brand new mortgage-free home. Wow. Wow. And this isn't like a pair of socks or a warm blanket. This is a home. This is like not an inexpensive opportunity, right? Yeah, this isn't a tiny home or anything like that. This is a legit like 2,000 square foot home that's also customized around their needs. So any uh, issues that they're dealing with, we make sure that we incorporate solutions into the, into the design for them so that the home is absolutely perfect for them when they move in. Okay. A project like that is not small and running a construction company is not easy. So how does a guy like you lead an organization that does something like this? How did this all come to be? Well, uh, as far as how it came to be, uh, I was at a conference in, in Vegas and I went to a, a little uh, concert with uh, one of my vendors and I learned about this amazing organization. And basically they showed a video of a, a veteran who wanted to serve his entire life. That's all he wanted to do. And um, he was injured in a severe IED accident. He lost both his legs. And um, then they showed how they found him and surprised him with a brand new mortgage-free home and it completely changed his life. So um, he had six kids at home on top of it. So if you can imagine this guy had basically kind of no hope when he came back and and uh, you know all of a sudden now he's got hope again, he's got a fresh start, could spend time with his family and not worry about you know taking care of the biggest bill that you would have, which is you know your home. When something like that pulls on your heartstrings or you find the inspiration, it feels different for everyone. What did it feel like for you? Well, when I first decided to do this, you know, I felt lonely and I felt like um, I know when I committed to doing this, I was driving home from the Dells and I had a two and a half hour car ride. And I remember the entire time in the car ride, I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh, what did I just agree to do? Oh, my gosh, what did I just agree to do? And so, you know, you feel alone at first. And then what happened was I started to tell people what I was doing, 
why I was doing it. And it was amazing how much support I was getting right away and people that said they wanted to help and they thought it was a great idea. And because, I mean, it's a definite mental hurdle to go over when you're saying you're going to give away something that's a couple hundred thousand dollars for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you do this? So, you know, uh, the biggest thing was starting to communicate and tell people uh, the vision and, and they could hear the passion behind the project. And uh, a lot of people thought it was a great cause and were, were willing to to follow along. I think people would be easily, you know, enamored with the idea of swinging a hammer or helping you move some dirt. But you got to raise some cash to make something like that happen. Do you remember your first big check, the first time where you thought, wow, we might be able to do this? Yeah, actually, for for this project, we get a lot of materials and labor donated. And then we also, you know, do some fundraising. So um, we got a couple big donations in for the the material side. So that was kind of nice. But really, the big kind of wow moment for us was... Uh, after we completed the first project, uh, I never intended to go into this doing more than one home and said, let's just do one. Uh, but it was such a great experience. Uh, I told everyone, hey, we're going to do another one. And there was actually two families that uh, we wanted or could have helped. And and one was really needy uh, and in a bad situation. And we had to pass on them because the lot that we had acquired just wouldn't work for them. So we passed on this family help the other one and a little article in the paper in the, in the local Freeman of all things. Um, and, and I got a phone call from someone that saw the picture and started asking me some questions. And they said, how much do you need to raise for the next house? And I said, well, we probably got to raise about 120,000 uh, to get this next one done. And they said, well, what would happen if you raise that? I said, I'm going to do another one. And they said, okay, well, we're going to give you that money. And it was wow. like, holy cow. <laughs> um, so I, I immediately called the organization and said, hey, that other family, I want to help them next. So um, let, let's make this happen. And all of a sudden off we went and you know we've completed six and starting seven here in Wisconsin. If someone's thinking that would be nice, I wish I had the free time to do that. Is there such a thing as free time or is this just something that is so passionate and you love doing so much, you make time in addition to running the company? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I don't consider any of the, the, the work that I do for that uh, a waste of time, nor do I consider it work. Um, I, it's just something I enjoy doing. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, I, I guess I started to have this epiphany somewhere in my life that, you know, it's just not about how many houses you can build or kind of how much money you can make, but what impact you can leave uh, in, in, in your area and your community. And this was obviously a huge impact that we could do. And it was just so rewarding and the families are so terrific and they've become, you know, friends and to see them every year, you know, we, every year are at our outings and stuff like that, we have all the families come back and see the kids getting bigger. It's just so rewarding and um, it, it's just easy to continue to do. And it's easy to gloss over that part you just said. This makes running a business more fun. It makes it mm-hmm. rewarding. It makes it fulfilling. There's meaning in what you do now that this project is up and running, which is really terrific. So if someone has an idea or something they want to see in the world, what would you tell them to do first? Because as you said, just because you got the idea doesn't mean you had the resources to make a house. Someone right now is seeing something that they want to see come true, but they don't know where to start. What would you have them do first? Well, the first thing that I did is, you know, I had to have a yes mindset. And the yes mindset is that, you know, you can you can accomplish this and you can't have the fear take over you and allow the fear of this might not work, or this may be harder than what I thought. 
that just stops you instantly. So you just got to get over that and you got to understand that not everything is going to go perfect or to plan, uh, but there's always a workaround to something. So, you know, like with our project, for example, you know, we get a lot of things donated, but well, what happens if I don't get something donated? Um, well, guess what? We we can always raise money and then purchase it. So um, our first build, we actually, when we opened up the hole, we found out there was all these tires and garbage. It was like the neighborhood dumping ground. So it cost us like $4,000 more to to dig the basement and get it ready. And it was like the day one of starting the job and we we're already in the <laughs> hole. Um, so you just have to work through those things. And you know, I communicated what happened and all of a sudden some people stepped up and did some extra donations and it was like, okay, just move on and let's tackle the next challenge. Yeah. That yes mindset, we're going to make this happen would keep things moving forward. And just because I have an idea, that doesn't mean I have an army of people behind me to make it happen. How do you enlist people in the vision so you don't have to build it by yourself? Sure. So that's uh, that's a great question. It's really about um, sharing the vision of what the project is and then having the passion behind it to say, you know, this is what we're going to do. And this is the why. This is why we are doing this. And then you kind of go through the what, what what's going to happen when it's done. And so uh, people want to be a part of something great. People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. So uh, it's not for everyone. And, you know, you can't try and force fit people that aren't interested in it into helping you. But uh, a lot of people are going to find that uh, tickles their emotional part of their bone. And um, it's going to get them, you know, inspired to to do something and help you. And And especially with charity stuff, it's not based on logic. It's based on emotion. And you know, when, when people can see the impact that you're making in the community, uh, they want to be a part of that. People want to help, but the world needs leaders. And this guy, boys and girls, is a leader. Six homes done, on to the seventh home. Congratulations on Operation Finally Home. David Bellman from Bellman Homes. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. Thank you so much, Pat. I appreciate it. I guess in the big picture, the funny thing about time management is you think you don't have time to lead a charity or make a difference. But if you're really motivated to do your calling and to make sure that you're serving others, you'll find the time. Thank you for the inspiration, David Bellman, on today's Small Business Celebration. Are you ready to come on this show? Come on. I've asked nicely. Now I'm going to ask again. I'm looking at you. Go to patmillershow.com and book your time so we can include you in America's Small Business Conversation. We'll talk to you right here next week. Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show. See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective small business community. A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere. Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember, get clear, work hard, and never quit. Guests on the Pat Miller Show have agreed prior to appearing that they are receiving consultation and advice that they may or may not use at their own risk. No part of the show should replace accounting, tax, or legal advice.